Namotasa Bhagavato Rahato Sama Sambhutasa Namotasa Bhagavato Rahato Sama Sambhutasa Namotasa Bhagavato Rahato Sama Sambhutasa Uttam Dhammang Sangang Namasami Dhamma as that which is uh, immediately available, uh, revealed within oneself, um, encouraging, inviting, pertinent, um, certain qualities, qualia. Um, this is, uh, and this is uh, understood in two ways, both as a, if you like, a, a consummation or a realization, uh, and there's also a path to that. Mm. So in a way, when we uh, cultivate puja, we we honor and respect both both aspects of that, what we call, might call goal or fruit and path. Mm. Uh, path is that which is to be developed. Mm. And in this respect, the Buddha, in one of his uh, debates with a, uh, another wanderer, said, you know, we are developed in body and in mind. There is development in body and in mind. Mm. So this was particularly because uh, a repudiation of, a, of an ascetic doctrine, which was, you know, the... the um, rejection of the body and in a way trying to pull uh, some immortal self out of the body and that's a kind of uh, common enough understanding or a common enough intuition uh, right across all these different religious cultures trying to get the soul out of the body because the body is a problem yeah, and in, that's true <laughs> You know, I mean, it ages, it hurts, it, uh, it's clearly subject to decay, it's also a target, <laughs> you know, a hungry target. So you, you, know, you have to get it out there to get its, its nourishment, it's predatory, but it's also prey. And of course we recognize this is also uh, um, true in, even amongst human beings, we are both that which can be uh, seized, uh, or seen as an object and you know hurt or blamed or accused or violated and also we have this sense it needs things it needs something to to hold to 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 be nourished by it searches for something so it's definitely problematic um, uh, but uh, well the great realization or the particular um, uh, breakthrough of the Buddha was 
this, which seems to be a problem, is actually the way into the solution. So within this very body is the beginning of the world and the end of the world and the path leading to it. So it can go into this very, what we call outwards, into the world of objects, where we're separate and therefore caught in these issues of acquisition and defense and comparisons and better and worse and aging sickness of death or it could go inwards which of course is the option that uh, is a spiritual one and that's the development so within this now when we go inwards we're not going into the anatomy into the spine or the liver or the heart as physical organs we're going into the the inner sense of body so you have the uh, outer forms which are objects the inner form of, of experience is that which without which does the sensing it's the subject so this is the subjective body the sense of I am here in this the sense of having a location the sense of being sensitive of being uh, feeling warm or apprehensive positive negative factors in this this is in this can be developed it can be purified of its contractions and its um, numbness and its fearfulness and its craving and within this there is a gem because this uh, uh, gives us strength gives the place for the mind to find mooring to be mindful to be held to be um, made relevant made direct as you see, the problem of the mind is also problematic. Mind can go into abstractions. And again, this is a strong tendency. What I should, what I could. Abstract, virtual. Tomorrow, virtual, abstract, notion. Uh, what he thinks, abstract, virtual, notion. And, you know, what's the nature of the universe? Abstract, virtual, notion. Why are we here? Abstract, virtual, notion. Are we here? Abstract, virtual notion. Who am I? Abstract, virtual. What am I? Why am I? Having been which, what will I be? Abstract, virtual notions. Just spinning and spinning and spinning. Looking for the right one that will suddenly click. And there isn't one. So this is a mental problem. How you can get so psychologically convoluted. You can't even put your socks on straight. So the mind has to be developed too. And the interesting thing, these two crazy, freaked out systems, if you put them together, they they make each other sane. (laughs) Because the inner quality of mind, 
So all those uh, the experiences the mind runs through, looking for something, but the inner experience of mind is just open awareness. It's the pause, it's the listening. The inner quality is that. But to maintain, to, to recognize that the inner quality of mind and then the outer qualities, which is what the mind produces, and how mesmerizing, and in fact how necessary those outer qualities are. Same as this body, inner qualities, but yes, you move, um, you engage, um, you breathe in and out, uh, you have this quality. How do these two, how do you cultivate so the, the inner qualities of, of mind, of knowing, of openness, can suffuse? So we think that which is useful, necessary, at the right time, rather than just obsessed and overwhelmed with thoughts. We are touched and affected at the right time. We are warmed, we are delighted at the right time. We're not, you know, suffused with craving and passion when, you know, searching for something. It's just a sense of being, you know, uh, tender, compassionate, and in fact one, one needs to be that otherwise that, that particular quality of mind the affective sense if it's not used carefully and properly and allowed to express itself goes into these kind of neurotic fantasy forms so we have to use this system but use it and every time you're using it you're developing certain fundamental traits. You know, clarity, collectedness, ethical sensitivity, goodwill. Mm-hmm. And these qualities which are transpersonal. Yeah. I mean, there's my personal qualities of my particular thoughts and my particular concerns. The transpersonal qualities are virtue. I mean, there are many of them, but virtue is one of them. You know, my sense of moral or, you know, to others as to myself, that mute respect is, it's a, it's a resonance we can all hit, touch. Goodwill, you know, same. Uh, clarity, the ability to discern. We may have developed it personally in different ways, but the actual innate quality of it, it's called the Aryan quality, is not self and yet it's, it's universal. So these transpersonals, but then how do we bring those? How do we recollect those? And how do we bring those into our lives? And this is where the development, because the development is working through this personal system. So to talk about the personal system, um, we have citta, which is the embodied mind. 
the beauty of this is that this uh, quality of, of uh, knowing, of open awareness, actually has a bodily correlative, which is rarely talked about or understood. And it's, a, a, um, you know, hope to uh, bring that around or evoke it or remind you of that. But it's an inner bodily sense, which is like an intelligence, which most obviously the most clearest um, way you can access that is the sense of balance. You know, when you're physically balanced, what's that? Is it a sensation? No, not really, is it? It's an intelligence of knowing, you know, not that, not that, and your body can know that. This is one um, way in which most people can, oh yeah, that. It's not a sensation, it's not a feeling. It's everywhere, everything has to know it, be in touch with it, and it isn't something I can bring around. It's not a personal decision. It's present, it's a given. And so this is where, and with this, there's both a sense of stillness, but not rigid. It's, it's sensitive. It's extremely uh, aware of imbalances. And it has no quality of itself. It doesn't feel it. It's just like an open, still poise. And that's a line of body we call embodied intelligence. Mm. That's we say the core, and the core or the most in, inmost quality of of mind is just the open, aware, with no particular push pressure, no activations, just open aware. And you know, for most of us, those are going to be only moments, perhaps, when we touch into that. That's, you see, right in the core. But then we have layers, layers and layers, which are called sankhara. And these are um, energies that build up into field effects. So they're layered. And as I say, the fundamentally you have uh, um, layering of it is, is uh, the process in which sankharas, these field energies, begin to accumulate and become very thick and dense. And then I get the sense of the net result is I feel pretty, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, which I call me. <laughs> and it shifts around, it's so energetic, and yet it's also dense. Yeah, and there's a, there's a verbal intellectual, linguistic domain to that. And there's a heart quality to it, and there's an embodied quality to it. There's layers of it. And these layers are both the problem, or the the manifestation. They're acquired. They build up. And they 
they co-depend. So, the, say the fundamental mental quality, you know, is, is the uh, so the sankharas or these energies as they build up. Um, first of all, are of a kind of very fundamental. Well, where am I? I am. I'm in this. In some sense, having boundaries. That's our first layer. Um, I've definitely got a finite form. I'm in this, and then uh, being in this, there's that out there. That's the first thing that gets established at birth when you come into birth. Mm. I'm in this. There's something out there. First awareness, and then around that, uh oh. Layers start to build up of am I welcome, am I not welcome, is it going to be painful, pleasant, and suddenly I'm vulnerable. So that layer, vulnerability layer, where you feel edgy, and that, that's, that stays there. So every layer stays, you know, but the basic layer is this sankara of feeling separate. Yeah, which we'd all experience in various ways. And then around that, whatever that brings up. Yeah. And there can be times, you know, when you, yeah, you hit that layer and it, it becomes tense. Yeah. So even though it's laid down at birth, it's still there. And at times when you're just a kind of easygoing personality, da, 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 and suddenly you're aware of, I'm an object. And then you become, better make sure I'm okay. I'm obedient. I look okay. Nobody's going to bother me. I'm safe. That layer gets hit by something and you get that little resonance and you start, you seize up just a little. You know, you're no longer open. You close. And then depending on what particular, you know, if things occur around that layer. That's our feeling. And then... Uh, you know, that, that's the bit that we begin to touch into. And, you know, just even on a, on a level of experiencing your own body, just notice the sense of the boundary, the edge of the body, and how you feel about that. How you feel when it's on your own. How you feel when you're walking outside. How you feel when you're walking outside and you hear the sound of a car. How you feel when you're walking outside and you see your friend? How you feel when you're walking around and you see two people you don't know? Yeah. What happens? That's when edge comes in, doesn't it? With a layer. And how much can be around, can be activated just at that. And then all the various other permutations dependent upon, you know, male, female, colour, skin colour, so forth, you know. Self-conscious. Yeah. So around that primary layer, self-consciousness, I am seen, I am conceived of. Uh, how am I doing? is the activation. Am I okay? Am I how many little bit get affected? Yeah. 
I'm okay? Am I doing okay? Are we all right? Have I done something wrong? I don't look like I've done something wrong. So I look like I've done something right, even though I don't know whether I've done something right or not. Because if I look like I've done something wrong, I'll look strange. I'll get some negative reactions. So whatever I do, I'll make sure I look like I've done, I'm okay. Layer of repression. <laughs> you know, I, look, I feel confused, but I don't want to look confused. So I'll have this kind of glazed look of aimless benevolence on my face. <laughs> so nobody will notice that I feel confused. So there's a little kind of shutting or something. And then the internalization goes on. Oh, I'm feeling really agitated. God, I hope nobody finds out I'm feeling really confused. So suddenly we become very internal, not in a quiet, spacious way, but it becomes quite dense in there. You know, it starts to fill up. You know. uh, with all the things we think we should be, so that we'll be okay. All the things we imagine other people would wish us to be, or that make us acceptable, so we'll feel okay. So it starts to get quite dense in there. And who's going to say whether you're okay? Because you don't ask anybody else because that might give the game away that you don't <laughs> feel you're okay. And anyway, they might not be telling you the truth. So you have to decide if you're okay. So how do you do that? Well, you create another layer. Hmm? Which starts to judge you. A layer of it now becomes much more intellectual. So the first is body, and you get an emotional layer of certain apprehension, activation, and then you get the verbal layer, the, what we most normally call the mind, which is our thinking system, which is now being activated by our emotional dis-ease. Yeah. And you get this mental activation which is trying to make sure that what I'm going to do about it to feel okay. But this sense of having this mental activation going itself doesn't feel okay because it's so busy. You know, trying to make sure I feel okay and trying to figure out how I would feel okay and then what I should do to feel okay, to feel good enough. I don't know what I should do to feel good enough because I've never felt good enough. And all the things I've done have never made me feel good enough. Because the very fact of having to find out how to feel good enough doesn't feel good. <laughs> so I must have must be some way I can figure out how to feel good enough to get rid of this feeling of not feeling good enough. What's that? I can't figure out. I must be really stupid. Because I can't even figure out how I should feel good enough. There really is something wrong with me. <laughs> I knew it. There's some, definitely something wrong with me. I hope nobody else finds out. <laughs> so I've got another layer of looking like there's nothing wrong with me. Even though I know there is something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. 
and nobody can tell me because I'm not going to let them know there's something wrong with me because then they'd really give me a hard time. So I'll pretend there's nothing wrong with me even though I'm trying to find out how to get rid of this problem of there being something wrong with me and not knowing how to get rid of this thing of feeling something wrong with me. So what I do is I try and stop thinking altogether. That would do it. How do I do that? Well, if I just... Well, best thing to do is just switch something on and look at something else and forget about yourself. So switch something on, get into something else. Another layer, distractions. So it gives me all kinds of things to muse about and think about, get excited about and stimulated about and goals and achievements and so forth. You know, things I can become and things like places I can go and stuff I could wear and places I can it's really interesting. Oh, I'm always getting busier and busier and busier. Yeah. Then in fact it gets so busy that yeah, it's kind of fun, but then I like to it just gets tiring. So it's just quieting it down. As soon as I start to quieten down all that activity, this underlying stuff of not feeling good enough starts to well up again. <laughs> so I better try shut that up. I know, meditation, that should do it. (laughs) Stop all that thinking, meditate. There's other things that could do to make me feel okay. Samadhi, wisdom, that sounds good. Please, anybody, get that. So what can I do to get into that? So this calculating self, besieged calculating self, is being fabricated. There's all these fabrications, layers and layers and layers that interact and interweave in the mind. And in that, we've got so involved with the linguistic, what to do about it. And every now we touch into the emotional, how I feel, which doesn't feel very comfortable at all. And we sort of bounce between these two, trying to work out how I could get my emotions to settle, my heart to settle enough. But every time I try and do something about it, the doer gets in the way. And in this strange paradigm, what is so often overlooked is well, there's this body here. There's this body here. And if you, the body has to be developed. Because, you know, when you say the body, well, actually the body's definitely not okay. For a start, I'm too thin or too fat. For a start, my nose is the wrong size. start, you know, my figure's wrong, you know, all that, doesn't look like it should do, and it doesn't feel very good either, it feels there's pain in my shoulder, restriction in my guts, something wrong with my leg, and I've got this weird fuzzy feeling in my chest, and it's, God, you know, get out of this. Yeah, this has to be developed. It's not calm, soothed, because in this, there's the possibility to come to something 
that you don't have to do. The doer could start to find a place where it could rest. For this, we make the body a nest out of this jumbled mass of twigs, bits and pieces. And then there can be that being received which we so wished for, which in a world of others it's difficult. Transitory, you know, she received me yesterday, it was wonderful, and now I'm on my own again. You know, I had a great time and then things went wrong. I thought he was going to, he nearly did, but then he dropped me. <laughs> and so on. Because, yeah, it can happen between people, of course. Mm. But really, the one thing that stays with you through it all is right here in this body, isn't it? Can you you be received in this body? Because that one is not going to go away can't let you down <laughs> if you could groom it, cultivate it and settle it and then the mind has that place to be received and settled and that's, that's, the, that's the trajectory we call meditation or samatha cultivation in terms of body develop the body to be a nest for attention develop it to be a couch that the mind can sit on, and it will, comes out of its performance-driven, self-conscious doingness into something warm and pleasant, spacious. Mm. This is development in terms of body, and development in terms of allows, begins to get the mind out of its tangle and its jangle, we call the hindrances, its imbalances, when all these complex weaves of being hindered in various fundamental c- categories, such as the, in- the hostility, the ill will towards oneself, the feeling of inadequacy, which is a form of ill will, the feeling you're not good enough, which is ill will, the imagining everybody hates you, which is ill will, the sense of trying to be perfect, which is ill will. <laughs> the overemphasis on getting it wrong, which is ill will. <laughs> the, remembering, the continual remembering things you do get wrong, which is ill will. <laughs> the not accounting for things you get right, which is ill will. <laughs> the re- constant regret over something you did 10 years ago, which is ill will. <laughs> you know, the searching for forgiveness of some terrible thing, where you you know, shouted at somebody or took some methadrine or something, ill will, <laughs> you know, the guilt, ill will. So this kind of theme of ill will, you know, forms very different headings. A sense you really got to try hard to get somewhere because, you know, you're really pretty flawed. That's ill will. A lack of goodwill, essentially. A lack of that most fundamental, buoyant, 
nourishing quality that we can give goodwill which we do to others and we so rarely do to ourselves sometimes we don't even know how to just to be more gracious spacious friendly towards ourselves hindrance clearing and the greed the acquisitions the reaching out for something to clear that sense of absence and inadequacy the glowing search for the glow the buzz the high the burst the moment the top the peak you know the wow the glitter the rush of whatever it is, craving, raga. Yeah. And just notice the firework effect of that. And then <laughs> yeah. clear the mind of even bothering with that or conceiving that you know true happiness and true fruition is going to come through that. It's always fireworks. Yeah. And damp squibs and spent cartridges. And how much energy just gets thrown out, tossed away through that. How much of our innate potency is just thrown out, you know, individually and collectively. Incredible. We are just abominably wasteful beings. The amount of stuff we just chew up and spit out in terms of the planet phenomenal never satisfied never contented the hindrance of greed passion so in this the aim of this and of course the hindrances you know you know the lists uh, dullness essential kind of state because when I'm not being stimulated my mind has got so used to some kind of stimulation to keep it going when it switches off that <laughs> when there's nothing to get riled up about or you know, just <laughs> numb out you know because the mind hasn't developed its inner buoyancy it's still dependent you know and clearing that through basically through giving the mind something more sensitive and more innately valuable to tune into what's that it's going to be in this body and it's going to be in recollection of beautiful things skillful things something you can just hold to and then encouraging restlessness the hindrance of restlessness the continual worrying worrying is it this is it that why Worry, 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 flurry, restless, shifting, finding the comfortable place, winching one's zafu up another half an inch just to get into that peak lift experience, maybe (laughs) (laughs) the right size, the K-pop, what's it going to be, restless, shift, 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 to eventually recognize, look, look, 
is like this. <laughs> it's not entirely that comfortable. Just get oh, get used to it. Because you know? <laughs> that quality that we have can have as human beings, our ability to just the sort of resilience and flexibility, rather than constantly juggling conditions around to get it to fit. You know, you're flexible. We have this capacity. We can adapt. Yeah. And so this just clearing some of these through finding within this uncomfortable body there is a sweet space in inner yeah, where there isn't that constant having to fidget because of the you know there's a sweet space and it's kind of around breathing or to do with the breath current or to do with this inner balancing poise or whether to begin to merge and blend. Uh, so naturally within this is that possibility for clearing that and it doesn't get cleared elsewhere. Doubt is essential lack of confidence of acuity, feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, lack of confidence, not lack of information, but just the lack of, I am this, right, here we are. We start here. Of this, there is no doubt. Mm. And every other hindrance will feed into that doubt. I can't, I don't think I can meditate because I have ill will. I don't think I can meditate because I'm such a grumpy person. I'm really useless at this because I haven't got a lot of loving kindness. I'm always having fantasies, sexual desires, so I'm you know, really hopeless. Everything will feed into that. Yeah. No, no. If you can know these and practice with them, that's true. Of that there is no doubt you can know there are these layers and they can be witnessed, observed, felt, experienced. Of this there is no doubt. There's nothing, you've got to come through this. And every time that you're able to experience some of these qualities, these layers and potentials, and be held with mindfulness, just there's this. And you feel a sense of presence, non-reactivity, Grounding in your body, grounding again in your body, and again, and breathing out, and again, and including your whole body, and again, down into your feet, and again, till it settles, and then something falls away. Oh. You have confidence. You start with this tentative faith in awakening and you result in confidence. Yeah. These are layers. This is not self. This is not innate. This is not eternal. This is not doom. This is not, you know, the, end, the kind of judgment end result, guilty, failure, in the in the bin kind of stuff. 
there is this. These are layers that all human beings have. So when the Buddha gave the five, talked about the five hindrances, he said, because this is for everybody. You know, he doesn't say, well, you know, it's this weird guy who has ill will. You ever heard of that? He says, no, this is everybody's deal. So the Buddha was great because he just said it how it is for everybody. The beauty of that is, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just ill will, greed, passion, craving, confusion, delusion, despair, that's all. Just like everybody else. All right. And the Buddha said, yeah, right, now you're on the starter's blocks. (laughs) And now there's a a way to develop through this. And essentially through developing body, you begin to find a mooring post for this mind. That's not rushing out into that. Because these are energetic fields, these layers are dynamic, which means they may be extremely potent and flaring, and, but they are, if you've cut off the input, they release. So this is a Nietzsche, impermanence. If you're able to cut off the input, into the sources of agitation, craving, fear, aversion. I am, I am, I am. If you can just begin to find the the input and terminate it, quell it, subside it, that falls away. Mm. And this is what we're looking for, just the falling away of these layers, gradually peeling off the incrustations of uh, self, which is really the uh, layered experience. So within all this, faith, is just daring to suppose there could be for me. You back it up with a little bit of energy. There's something I could try. I could try something. Mm. You back it up with a little bit of mindfulness. Just Maybe I could just stay with this a little longer, find something to hold my attention on. Mm. And then you to experience a sense of something steadying, beginning just the beginnings of what we call samadhi, a certain steadying where you begin to essentially you know, find a reference point and then wisdom that's necessary, that's not necessary. Start abandoning what needs to be abandoned, future, past. Some of these are not ones you can just shrug off. You know, the, the very quality of abandoning is, is sometimes not just a, oh well, get flick it off. It's, have I finally, you know, stopped agitating around this terrible experience I had, I've had for the last 20 years. So some of this is, is quite poignant. But every time one, one of those layers or you see it as a layer, 
as not self. You see it as a condition, not as its essence, not as what you are. There's some beginning to discern what is it that can know, you know, <coughs> the guilt, the shame. Not say you shouldn't be this way. It's one of the stupidest statements one could ever make, isn't it? <laughs> I shouldn't feel what I'm feeling. Could you get any more stupid than that? <laughs> Hopelessly stupid. <laughs> of course, all you can do is just build another layer on top of the thing. I shouldn't feel, you know, frightened, malicious, jealous. Shouldn't definitely shouldn't feel that. Yeah. Is there anything more stupid that a human being can do? Well, apart from continuing to act upon it. That that response. So, is it possible to, to, why that occurs, of course, is because the assumption is if you feel something, everything in you surges into it, and you become overwhelmed, and then you act it out. I'm feeling a sense of irritation, I'm going to completely be absorbed in that, and then I'm going to act in a violent way, and then I'll really be in trouble. I'm feeling this sense of addictive craving, and if I I know what's going to happen with that, it's going to take over, then I'm going to do something, I'm really going to be in trouble. So, yeah, that sense of, you know, has to be terminated through mindfulness, which is, I feel that addictive craving, okay, what's happening in my body, can I breathe out, can I use that frame of reference, can I feel what's happening in my feet, in my hands, my back? Hold the ground on this tide can wash over. So sati and why the Buddha, in, in terms of cultivating the mind, said cultivate body, mindfulness of body, because this is your, you know, the bit you, you don't have to be that subtle to get a body, to feel your own body. Then you've got a mooring post where this pulls and pushes. You've got something, yeah, but the ground. And these tides can wash over. And every time they wash over and you're not absorbed, you're not flooded, you're not swept away, just a little more faith, more confidence. Uh, mindfulness has become stronger because it's strengthened by the challenge. Yeah. And... Um, you get begin to see this is where wisdom arises. That's that. It was triggered by that, and this is what happened. This flooding effect in my face, in my chest, and ooh, and then I was out, out of my body, into this strange, turbulent mental world where the mind was left the body altogether, and now you pull it back. You pull it back, and the tide. Suddenly it changes. Maybe it comes again. You pull it back. You stay here. And you just let it flow over. And really don't don't be disappointed with that. This is what has to happen. Yeah. A very good 
motto in meditation is you're exactly who you should be now because you couldn't be any other way. And what's happening is exactly what should be happening now because it's happening now. Simple logic, isn't it? What's happening now is what should be happening now, otherwise it wouldn't be happening. There isn't some kind of somebody in the sky sorting it all out, (laughs) allocating who got the good bits and who got the bad bits. It's just you're experiencing these layers and this is what is uh, necessary to steady them. And mindfulness is improved by challenge. Yeah. It's like uh, somebody gave me a little a Bodhi tree, a little sapling, you know, six inches long in a pot. This Bodhi tree. So when you get this Bodhi tree, every now and then give the stem a good knock with your finger, knock it around. That'll make it get the roots get stronger. Every day give it a little knock, you know, bash it around just enough. <laughs> That'll make it it'll kind of like strength roots roots. This is mindfulness. <laughs> you know. If it's too soft, you don't put down those tenacious roots. Uh, grounding, grounding, grounding. I, you know, I do not let the tide of ill will take over my heart. Yeah. It rushes through, but it doesn't sit there and fester and become myself. So in developing body as a refuge, as a resort, we do quite simple things, but you know, start with very you know, available qualities. That's, that should be also a watchword for meditation, for cultivation. Not the best, but the easiest. <laughs> the most available. And there's this, every day, every moment there's this. And you ex- but extend it, because by and large, most people find themselves living only in a section of the body, namely, most people behind the eyes, or perhaps oscillating between the eyes and the chest, occasionally going down into a hand to control the world. You know. And everything else sort of gone. (laughs) So the body has to be developed because when the body is not developed, the mind easily takes it over. It takes over the areas which are easy to take over, such as the face, the head, the eyes, easy to get those. We're easily we're easily seduced. So cultivating body, come down into your feet, which are not easily taken over. Very few people have feet issues. You come down into your back, just the sense of the spinal axis which holds you up, 
And you see if you can complete your awareness of the entire body as if you're inside it, and you're kind of moving around inside a cave with a flashlight. It's down there. How far does down, down to the foot? And that foot. Can I feel the sole of the foot? You move around with your flashlight. Can I feel up from the base of the spine, the tailbone? Can I move up through there? Well, so you're like shining a light up the spinal column into the head. It's all connected. Move around inside it. As you do so, the body begins to come out of its patterns, its layers. It becomes more open, less constricted, more spacious. Uh, and uh, then your, your flashlight is able to illuminate the entire body because it's not got these inner blocks and constrictions. Mm. So, and then you have a, a big bright space to sit in. Now the method, basic method of how do you clear these inner blocks of constrictions and very simply speaking this will be through two means. One is the means of um, breathing and one is the means of goodwill. Mm. Strong goodwill. You know, like the goodwill of a, of a healer. It's not offering flowers, it's a healer. Healing goodwill. Mm. Which is able to face the gritty bits and the twisted bits and the hurting bits with a sense like a healer. Mm. And this is where breathing has to be developed, not in terms of... Uh, uh, so refined so much as something that has a the I really strongly recommend focusing on the energy of the breath as an energy form that which swells and rises that which is rhythmic and subsides because this can be detected through the entire body whereas air by itself you know, what we call air which is you know breath track respiration track just nose and chest, but actually the energy of breathing suffuses the entire body. So when you breathe in, you sense your body expanding. When you breathe out, you sense it subsiding. When you breathe in, you feel yourself getting larger, opening your boundary, extending. When you breathe out, quietening, going back to the center. Breathing in, coming from the center, widening, expanding, feeling your body being pliable, flexible, opening, and breathing out, subsiding. Breathing in, you're feeling it's coming up to a tension in your shoulder, and let the breath touch that, like a healer, asking it, what's helpful here? Would you like to join me? Breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, cooling. Breathing in, coming back to that tough place in your shoulder. Breathing out through your shoulder. 
sending energy out through the shoulder. Relaxing the idea of getting rid of that difficult feeling. Make the mind a mind of goodwill, just blessing. Breathing through. Not even agitated about that difficult thing in my shoulder. Breathing in, breathing out. Again, widening, experiencing the entire body, and there's that strange sense in my shoulder that I really don't like at all. Don't like that. Relaxing the ill will. Oh well, there's a feeling. <laughs> feelings are feelings. Breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in, aware of the entire body with that thing in my shoulder that, oh well. Breathing out, breathing in, sense in my shoulder, which is the way it is. Oh well, breathing out, breathing in, sense in my shoulder, may this be well, go in peace, breathing out, breathing in, sense in my shoulder, oh, what's that? Oh, I just feel this sense of sadness in the heart. Oh. Oh, breathing in, feeling this strange sense of sadness in the heart. Softening. Letting the sadness move through. Oh, breathing in, breathing out. Sadness moving through, shoulder loosening. Oh. Oh. Energy running down my arm. Breathing in. Sadness changing. Fingers, arm, whole body unifying. Sadness disappearing. Sense of calm. Oh, what was that? Breathing in, breathing out. So we begin to find that uh, body and mind are not separate. Those layers, some of them seeming so verbal, so involved with stories and narratives and definite things and distinct memories. And those other layers to do with my feeling of desperation and never being listened to and frustration and anxiety and these strange tensions in my body, they're all the same thing. They're all related to each other. Mm. And if you begin to breathe through one, any one, you soften through one, the other one begins to dissolve. And it's only in the dissolving, and the uni- this is where unification comes around, when those different areas, 
which we definitely always imagine to be different or prove to be interrelated, we come to a sense of a quiet unity which is embodied mind, open, balanced, present. It's got a sense of here-ness to it, but it's not bones. It's not hair. It's not a woman. It's here. So let's offer some time for practice, direct practice. And uh, I think most of you are familiar with the sitting form, so I'd just like to ask, invite you, if we could do, uh, say, 10 minutes of standing, and I'll just talk about that. So as we go into standing, um, I have issues around the sound of bodies hitting the floor. (laughs) Oh right, cell phones also. Perhaps when you um, troop out, you can hand in your your shooting irons in the the basket. (laughs) So we'll go through the standing and then we'll, we'll disperse and if you want to, you know, do an amnesty, uh, no questions be asked. <laughs> so when we go into standing, make sure you really feel confident about that and it's strange that it, it shouldn't, it, it's something you shouldn't take casually standing up. Uh, um, so if you do feel uncertain, and bear in mind that that may be the case for you, then, you know, be right, just sit down, and sit down before you fall down. (laughs) Because particularly in this standing form, what I'm going to try to encourage, and do it gradually, is to cultivate and move towards standing with no holding or reducing the holding the muscular holding and this is could can be done but it may not be done in one day
so so we're taking the first of all the support and really bearing in mind the obvious thing the feet and the legs legs uh, suggest straight down from the hips easy stance feet nicely placed on the floor uh, soft in your knees so you're just giving a little more of your weight of your body over to the feet so try to not perch on your feet but imagine your feet like monkey's feet are intelligent and just relax your knees so you can even slightly turn yeah. softening the legs actually they're stronger if the knees are just slightly bent and you feel as you're standing the play of the muscles in your legs and your feet giving you support be fully aware of of that uh, not just not just that it's there but you also that you know it's there because then this definitely encourages you to to relax what needs to be relaxed so standing you can tip from one side to the other side backwards and forwards a little feeling the the flexibility the fluidity of your legs capacity to hold you carry you that's there you notice as you you know, do that experimental movements you're well, yeah the, where's the balance in all that where does it feel that I'm neither leaning forward nor back how does it feel balanced and how do you know that because when it's balanced the least effort is necessary the least holding the balance holds itself Next bit. Next bit's going to be somewhat slightly unusual, but it's to do with your tailbone. And just so as if you're about to sit down turning your tailbone under slightly so this is doing relaxing the glutes the buttock muscles so they're less compacted so we're doing less holding on there in the in the backside and you therefore the feet legs have to come up 
little more. And corresponding to that, uh, relaxing the lower belly. So when you relax your, your, your backside, you don't throw the weight into your belly to hold it there. You soften, let the belly drop down through the perineum, through the arch, the crotch, opening. So this area, the genital area, it can open. There can be kind of a tightness there. Can that soften, very soften. A little more, perhaps required of the legs. Perhaps knees need to bend a little more. We're not pinched in. We're not compacted. Take a few breaths, sensing that. Next piece, your chest and your arms. Can your arms come slightly away from your chest so that there isn't an unconscious reflex we're probably not aware of, of holding ourselves, of keeping our chest closed. Defense gesture that's probably understandable in many domains. The arms come away as if there's no shielding you can feel, uh, as you sense up your body, you can feel the uh, entire cylindrical, the sides of the body, the flank, the space between your arms and ribs, open. Can you let your chest be open? Not holding there, holding only through the balance and the integrity of that balance in which everything is sensed and included. Mm. So it's not a tight balance. It's a balance that spreads through the entire form. The cohesive quality of the body, another subtle intelligence. Taking some breaths, letting the breath or the breathing rhythm integrate, fill up this body, this embodiment. So you kind of relax a little bit of the constrictions, let the breathing move into those areas in your belly. midriff, chest, and your back, sensing around the back of the body, <coughs> the long back muscles behind you acting as your protector. So when the back is there for you, it doesn't have to be tense, you feel it's like it's a, the guardian. Very, very, very important have that guardian with you all the time. It doesn't have to be tight, 
but it's like a sense something watching over the softness of the front of the body. If the, this is why we have so much defense in our front body because we don't have much protection from the back. So really important, bring the back in as awareness. And we come up to the shoulders, dropping the shoulders. <coughs> so they are not carrying weight. <coughs> you get a sense of these uh, shoulders with their potential to unfold the arms all that um, quality of effectiveness and then now resting behind ready confident mm. if you will if that feels settled for you just uh, Acknowledge we don't go into the head too much today. It's, it's, a, it's a whole continent in there. We'll just acknowledge <laughs> there's this, can it balance like a, like a ball on top rather than something screwed onto your shoulders? Rather than something that you're always looking out through your eyes? Just as a, this, a whole skull form, just feeling the weight of the skull resting. You can balance that like a juggler, balancing a ball on top of a pole or a ball on top of a fountain. Breathing in, breathing out. The neck muscles can relax a little when holding ourselves up with our jaw or forehead. Then the breath fills the areas that we've opened up. That's the system filling up. So the, this energy begins to inwardly support the body and hold it. <coughs> so all the, the musculature can relax and the layers of boundary keeping, defense, so forth, can begin to soften. You feel yourself very much here. Boundaries are soft boundaries, porous boundaries. In our own space. Takes a while, but uh, you can kind of slowly scan, if you like, from the soles of your feet up. But really look at it internally, and the two processes before you can release, you have to have an alternative support. And the alternative support is inwardly cultivating energy, breath, energy, inner presence in, within your body, so the musculature can feel it can relax and you still feel quite held but held internally 
rather than held externally. Balance, cohesiveness, vitality. So thank you, and uh, now it's time to practice as you see fit, standing, (coughs) sitting, if you're doing walking, we'll go back to that another time, but just try to walk with as least contrivance about it as possible.